coming into it. And I knew, and I think I even have said this to people when I was talking about it, like, it's okay for me that I might have to work a few hours on a, on the weekend or have to work late at night because the exchange I get for that is the ability to take some time off in the middle of the day if I want or whatever. It's so nice to be able to take your schedule into your own, your own hands and not be subject to, you know, the standard workday schedule. Hello and welcome to episode two of My Freelance Life, a brand new podcast from the team here at Milo.co. I'm Preston and with me on the air is my friend Andy. If you listen to episode one, you know by now that Andy recently quit his job to give it a shot as a full-time freelancer. This show is a weekly check-in with Andy to see what really happens when you quit your job to start working for yourself full-time. And in today's episode, I ask Andy about day one, the first day he worked 100% for himself. He's going to walk us through his last day at the office, prepping to leave, what happened when he got home, and how it's been going in the first few days and weeks as a full-time freelancer. Show notes for this episode are found at freelancelifepodcast.com slash two. And this episode of My Freelance Life is brought to you by our friends at FreshBooks, the number one invoicing software for freelancers. In fact, 97% of small business owners actually recommend FreshBooks, and it's time you see why for yourself. FreshBooks recently overhauled their whole platform, making it even easier for you to send proposals, invoice clients, and get paid. You can try the brand new FreshBooks completely free for 30 days by visiting freshbooks.com Andy. And when you get to the how did you hear about us section, just type Andy. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain from trying the project management and invoicing tool that I hear most about from our network of thousands of freelancers here at Milo. Thanks to FreshBooks for always supporting freelancers everywhere. In today's conversation, we are going to continue chatting with Andy. Uh, if, as a reminder, last episode, we talked a little bit, Andy, about um, just sort of this mentality that you've had about freelancing or about at least working for yourself or having sort of non-traditional work. And uh, we talked about you going in and talking to your boss about leaving the company to start freelancing full-time. It was a fantastic conversation. Today, I want to talk about day one. So you've decided you're going to do this. You've talked to your boss. You put in, what, a how, how two weeks notice or something, Andy? Yeah. By the time I told him, it ended up only being two weeks. Okay, so you put in two weeks notice, and at the end of the two weeks, it's like it's your last day at work, you're soon to be on your own, freelancing full-time. What's going through your mind sort of the day of at the office on your last day? What I remember from that day is, well, I guess, and the time leading up to it is I really wanted to just have everything really well put together as I was leaving so that I wasn't stressed on the last day. It's like... I wanted to be packing my bags for vacation, not the night before sort of a feeling. <laughs> and I I was doing good leading up to it, but still on that last day, I remember there were still a decent amount of things to do. But some of those days were probably some of my most productive because I was able to just go down the list and just knock things off one at a, one at a time. And that was kind of a nice feeling. But still, like at the end of the day, I was thinking, oh, you know, if I can get everything done, I'll just take off after lunch because, I mean... There's not really much more I can do, but still, I was the last person there that day. I stayed later (laughs) than I intended to and later than everyone else. In fact, there was one other guy there, and he was about to leave, and I was really close to being done, and so I just asked him if he could stay a little bit longer because I didn't want to be the last one to leave on the last (laughs) day because I had to turn in a key and all this jazz, and I thought it'd be nice if I could just leave when someone else does. But anyway, so that last day was 
pretty full still. And so I was just kind of in the zone all day, checking all these things off. And, you know, there were some moments of, you know, saying goodbye to people because especially there, the, the coworkers I'd become close to. Um, and so I wanted to say goodbye to people and, you know, have, have some fun on the last day playing games and whatnot, but also trying to get all these last things done. So there wasn't a whole lot of time to think about other things because most of it was spent saying goodbye and, and taking care of things. Yeah. Taking care of stuff. I love that. I, I think too, you know, last episode we talked about, uh, the importance of sort of not burning bridges mm-hmm. if possible. Like we're advocates of not burning bridges with your former employer and all that sort of thing. And, and coworkers, like it's really good to maintain all of those relationships. And I think, you know, not, not that you couldn't have taken off after lunch, I guess if everything was done, but like you focusing on making sure you were handing off whatever work you were in the middle of, um, before you left, that's a great way to sort of show your employer that it's not, it's not about like just telling them off and leaving and, and burning a bridge there. It, it It's really like you care about your relationship. You care about the work that you did for them. You care about the legacy that you're leaving behind at the job you're at. So I really like that. So, so I, so you didn't have much time, I guess that day in the office to sort of think about the fact that you were making this pretty radical life change or, or, or I guess extreme life change in terms of like going from a full-time job to full-time working for yourself. But but the work is done. You, you turn in your key and you're almost the last guy to leave. You walk out the doors and, and what are you sort of experiencing in the moment that you're actually leaving the building? Maybe you're driving away or whatever. Oh, let's see. Um, well, I remember walking out the door, had all my stuff with me, loaded up the car. And then it's a, it's a surreal feeling really. Um, when, when leaving a place, because it's something you've done countless times before, get in your car, drive out of the parking lot, take the same route home. But it's like, <laughs> there is, I think, a, a kind of a, a liberating feeling, which is weird because I could imagine people would anticipate it being the opposite. Like it felt like a big sigh of relief or a burden lifted off the shoulders. And I, which is strange because when you're at, uh, when you're employed by someone else, in theory, well, it, actually in practice, the burden is on someone else at the end of the day, like if you don't get your work done, it's your manager's responsibility. Of course, then they can, you know, decide what to do about your employment status. But you can get away with collecting a paycheck for quite a while before, like before it catches up to you, right? Yeah, yeah. I totally know what you mean. When I leave now, all of a sudden, if anything, you would have expected that there would be this like great burden settling on me like, oh boy, Mm -hmm. like what have I done? Here I go. Now my (laughs) entire income is, is, uh, it's on my shoulders even more so than it was before. And, but I, but I didn't feel that I felt kind of just like, ah, oh. and I think that's the reason I felt that just maybe goes to show that I was in a place and ready to move on to something where moving to a freelance style of, of income was the right thing to do. If it was something that was going to generate that sort of sigh of relief experience. That's cool to have sort of that confirming like feeling yeah. that that was after all the right thing to do. And and it's hard to sort of get that feeling. You, I guess you can get it, you know, in bits and pieces, but until you're like finally doing it, it's kind of hard to, to for sure confirm to yourself that it was the right decision. But I love that. I, I felt the same thing um, taking my business full time. It was sort of like 
it's this weird mix of like, yes, you're sort of accepting this new burden, but it's like this exciting new burden, yeah. right? And 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 you're sort of offloading this other thing. You're just sort of you're sort of trading, but like I found so much freedom and like you said, liberation in in doing my own thing that it it was exciting. Uh, and I I don't know about you, but like my adrenaline was pumping. Like as you were driving away, were you like pumped up or like I don't know, were you like? I, did you crank up the music or what? No, I, what were you doing? Or was it more sort I of think somber? I was more relaxed, really. Okay. Not not so much pumped up. And I don't know. I guess at let's see, at this time there were a lot of changes about to happen. So because I was leaving my job, uh, my wife and I were also about to move, and so there were a lot of things kind of going on in my mind, and a lot of things that would be changing over the next few weeks. And so I was excited yeah. about that, but I, I don't think I got like really pumped up, which is strange because I would have expected that from me, I guess. I think it was just more just relaxing. I could just drive home and in peace. And <laughs> That's really cool. That's really cool. So I want to come back to this idea of you feeling sort of prepared and like it was the right decision. What did you do leading up to leaving your job and we talked about this a little bit uh last episode but i'd like to to dive a little deeper today what what kinds of things did you do and 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 i guess what would we recommend to the listeners if they're considering going freelance full-time um and leaving their job first of all i'm not an advocate of like sort of just up and leaving without a plan what what recommendations would you have for people who are are sort of ready to take that next step so that they can feel on the day they leave not this like huge anxiety anxiety but feel more what you felt which was like a, a calm and um like being excited about the next step yeah i think that's a, a great point what you said that it's not you know necessarily advisable to leave before you have something in place and so that's i think that's what it all boils down to in in terms of preparation is have some sort of validation that what you're about to do is going to work now, I have to say that I didn't entirely practice what I'm preaching here. What I what I did was early on, I started working on Upwork. I started doing this freelance work and it was working fine. But what I never did was take it to the point where I knew for sure that it would be able to replace my current income. But I felt comfortable in it because, and this was just an assumption really, um, I assumed that there would be enough work that when I were to dedicate more than just a few hours at night to it, that it would be able to replace my present income. So um, I only partially practice what I'm preaching, but I would say that's that's probably the first thing is to just make sure that you do know that what you're about to do is going to work or you have a really... Uh, a really good feeling that it's going to work. Yeah, and not like a. I love this quote. There's this. Um, there's this podcast I listen to called The Fizzle Show, and it's um, Corbett Barr and Chase Reeves, and they've had a few other hosts over the years. But but anyway, one of my favorite things they've said a few times on the show is. Um, just because you hate your job doesn't make you an entrepreneur. <laughs> and and I just think that's like so true because, uh, you know, you could confuse this feeling of like, oh, I got to get out of this job. I hate this job. I hate my boss. I hate my work. I don't feel fulfilled. Whatever those emotions are that a lot of us have experienced before, sometimes you can confuse those with, oh, yeah, it feels like the right time to go freelance or it feels like the right time to start my business. And in reality, you almost need to take a step back, maybe talk with your significant other or with a friend or, or a family member or something um, 
logically about like, here's how much I'm making. You know, mm. my wife and I did this as well. We sort of said, I'm working an hour or two a day on this business and making X. So if I work eight hours a day, we'll make four to eight yeah. X and that's plenty. You know what I mean? And so I like what you said about sort of making sure that the math kind of works out. Even if you're not replacing your income currently, you can sort of extrapolate the, the what you are making on your side business into what it would look like as a full-time operation. Yeah. And that was kind of, kind of easy for me because the majority of my work is build hourly, not by project. So it was uh, yeah. easy to see, you know, here's my essential, my essential hourly uh, rate at my current job. And here's what I'm charging on Upwork. And I'm likely to push my rate higher on Upwork once I have more experience there. And if I can get to the point, then it was easy to just do an hourly calculation. I was making eight hours times my rate before. And, and now here's my new rate. Can we replace that? And so, yeah, it was maybe a little safer to make that assumption than if I was just saying, well, I feel like I'm going to make, make. Yeah. Money. But you knew you could actually command those, those rates on an hourly basis. Yeah, the only thing that was uncertain, I think was, will there be enough work? Will there be enough demand? And I think there was no way of knowing that until I opened myself up to that much work. And so I wasn't going to know until, until we just did it. Yeah. I, I'd like to know. So, well, well, actually, so tell me how many clients were you working with sort of as a side hmm. project uh, while you were still, still employed? Do you know? Well, let's see. I had, um, like, did you have regular clients or were you just getting clients like on Upwork and then there was sort of a churn rate? Yeah, there, initially there were just a handful of clients, you know, three or four that I, that I would work with. Sometimes they were just one job that I'd finish in a couple of days and then it'd be done. And I found more recently so after after leaving my previous job was i started having more recurring clients i don't think it's necessarily related to that maybe just the fact that i have more clients period i'm now seeing more of them stay so i i would say before leaving i probably had at any given time three to four projects live but a lot of them were one-off projects a couple that I was working on going with perhaps, or maybe not necessarily ongoing work, but just a long-term project. Okay. Okay, great. So, so I want to now pivot to sort of you're, you're driving home. You feel very calm about the whole thing, excited, like it's the right decision. You go home. I mean, it was the end of the work day. You just went home, right? Yep. As usual. Yeah. Nothing out of ordinary there. Yeah. And your, is your wife there? Yeah. She actually, I, I can't remember why, but she was up in the area. So she came to work where I was and we left together, but we, but we, we drove home separately, but yeah. So I, so we both, she was there as we left and everything. And she was kind of like, I think anxious for me to leave. She's like, come on, just wrap things up. And I was like trying to do all these things and clean my desk and everything. I just need to go. <laughs> yeah. And and so so how did she feel about this whole thing? I mean, this was like the moment, right? That you guys had talked about, you had sort of planned together. You, I mean, I know you guys have plans to also sort of pick up and travel while you freelance as well. How how was she feeling at this moment? Yeah. Do you know? Well, that's the nice thing, and I think I mentioned it once before, is that she is very supportive of this. This is the same sort of lifestyle she wants. This is the same sort of decision she would have made in my in my position and has before in similar ways. And so, um, I. Th- I think what was great about 
her leading up to this is she was the one pushing to make it more reasonable. Like I was ready to just go and just wing it. And she was the one saying like, well, <laughs> yeah. let's, let's look at things and make sure that it is going to be possible for us to, you know, replace the current income or make enough to, to make this work. And, and so she was always supportive of it that way and a good voice of reason through it. And when it was done, I think we were both just excited that we're, our life was moving in the direction that we wanted it to move to open us up to travel and more flexible lifestyle and all. Yeah, that's cool. I'd say, you know, for anyone listening who, you know, maybe you have a spouse, maybe you have a significant other, if not, you know, friends, family, and else, and also like a, a mastermind group. Like I have a few friends who I'm connected with online who every once in a while, we just check in with each other, see how our businesses are going. I think those are the kinds of people you can say, I'm thinking about taking my side hustle full time. Um, you know, what do you think about that? And then they can sort of, um, objectively say well have you thought about this have you thought about this how do these numbers look share this with me and they can sort of help you make an educated decision i think uh again we're advocates of like having all the information having multiple opinions having thought through it and not just like on a whim quitting on on some emotional high and then not knowing (laughs) what to do next um so so i would recommend I, i love i love that you sort of leaned on your wife for that um, it's been the same with my wife as well. And I know a few other people who, who it's been sort of the same situation where, you know, either, either they were sort of more logical and, and the other person was more like, let's just jump in and do it and see what happens. But there's always, there, it seems like there's quite often sort of that balance. So I think that's a really, really important thing to keep in mind if you are considering making the switch from yeah, full, it's always full-time helpful to, to have a, another pair of eyes looking at, at the situation and giving advice from the outside. Well, not entirely outside in some cases, yeah. but a different perspective at least. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, so you you um, you're feeling good about it. You go home and and do you start working that night? Do you give yourself a break? Do you start working the next day? When do you actually start working well, as a freelancer? Now, that's kind of an interesting thing because we were also preparing to move, and we knew that uh, well, the place we were moving into, we didn't have like a set move in date. Like we could kind of move in as able and our other place we just had a few weeks left so we kind of decided that once we were once i had left that we were just going to start moving in because we were we were excited to move somewhere i think when all these changes were happening happening for me at least i was really excited for something new i i get really excited with change and all so the first few mm. days that night i i don't imagine i did any any work and it was for the next few weeks kind of the same amount of work that I had previously been doing. I didn't try to ratchet it up like crazy or anything to fill the time. Um, I kind of took a vacation as it were, similar to if you were switching jobs and you had the opportunity to take two weeks off in between leaving one and starting the other. I kind of did that here where I did enough to keep the projects that were live, you know, operating and, and fulfilling them on deadline and everything. But I just took a few weeks off more or less and spent that time packing up the house, moving and, and so on. And then when we got there, that, that kind of stayed the same, not on purpose and not because it needed to, but I found that even after we moved in, it took me a while to really ramp things up. And in fact, even till now, I'm still doing the same. Like it's too, it's too easy now to keep it 
at a low key and I find my, I find more and more that I need to push myself to, to keep ramping things up. Oh, that's really interesting. Which is a whole nother topic entirely. <laughs> yeah, it, it just might be. That's really interesting. I, I, um, so I, I honestly don't remember if we've talked about this live on the air or not. I, I, um, I work for myself full time. I used to work at the same company as you. They let me go what a month or two after you left the company. So we both sort of ended up in very similar situations. The uh, a couple differences. I have uh, three kids. You have no kids. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, we both have supportive spouses who, who, who have been supportive through this process. I was sort of thrust upon this thing. My wife even said like, you know, if, if we hadn't lost our job, maybe we never would have had the nerve to actually give it a shot. Like Andy, she didn't say that, but that's basically what I was thinking. I was like, I don't know if I ever would have had the guts to do it the way Andy did it. Um, and so it's interesting, like I, because I sort of panicked, I mean, I was, I was, um, if you'll indulge me here for a sec, when, when I got let go, I was like super excited. I was, I was, I had the adrenaline pumping and like, I had wanted to try this for a long time and I had built up my company over quite a few years, built, bringing in quite a bit of side revenue and the math all made sense, but I sort of never took the leap. And so I guess the company took the leap for me and, um, and, but, but the difference, it's interesting to hear the difference because I went to the local library, like immediately, I didn't even like go home to talk to my wife. Really? I went to the library and I, and I worked super hard to make as much money in like six hours <laughs> from the time I left the office till when I normally got home. I tried to make as much money as possible to like sort of convince myself and convince yeah. my wife, uh, that, that this was going to work and that we were going to be okay and that we could try this. And it was sort of, it's, it's, so it's really interesting to hear. I sort of wish I had, I'd had the luxury of taking off some time. I think I'm too much of a, a worrier, uh, which is something I can definitely learn from you, but that's really interesting to hear. I love that. I don't know that you're too much a worrier. You might be the right amount of worry. And I'm like, I don't worry enough potentially, <laughs> like maybe to a fault. I was relaxed and taking it easy and all. Well, three kids will do that to you. I worry way too much. So, okay. So, so, um, so you said now, even now, like, did, did you ever, I guess, tell me what your day looks like now. Do you go somewhere to work? Do you work in your house? Do you work a different place every day? And how many hours do you work? Sort of just walk me through what a, what a typical, and I know that's a lot harder when you're not at a nine to five job, like a typical day is a lot less easy to, to map out. But tell me what you, you would say an average day looks like for you. All right. Well, this, it could potentially get embarrassing because my day is not necessarily what I would like it to be yet, but you'll, you'll see as we go on. So it wasn't always that typical. It was kind of, uh, sporadic. It's starting to become more regular and disciplined and that's what I like. That's what I'm moving towards and trying to make it become. So what happens is I, let's see, I wake up probably around seven to eight to nine, depending on the day. And I'll go, to the gym to I go to a, a climbing gym but use it primarily to work out but then also to climb as, as part of that so go to the gym come home shower eat and I kind of take my time in the mornings I have pretty slow mornings and so sometimes I'm not getting to work on things until noon sometimes I have calls with clients scheduled before that and so I have to to make things happen sooner but oftentimes I'm not working till 11 or noon and then I'll work for a few hours through that till five or six, but um, with a, a handful of small breaks in there. And then this is what it's becoming lately anyway, is that 
then I tried to to wind down and not do work after that. Earlier on, I was doing work later and I didn't like that. I was never like, I needed a good time to stop for the night. So I'm trying to get more to the point where I stop around five or six to have dinner and just work on personal projects. Because even though I'm still like doing freelancing, which is very much like a personal project, there's still other things that I like to work on, whether they be hobbies or, or other things I'm trying to develop or whatever it may be. And then... Um, I go to bed relatively early, I guess, relative to what I used to do. So between nine and 10, I start getting ready for bed and I'll, uh, go to bed and do Duolingo because preparations for our upcoming travels and I'll read a bit and then go to sleep. Okay. So excellent. So help us dive a little deeper into what you're actually doing during your work hours. Like when you're full on a freelancer for those hours from sort of, you said, I think like noon, midday ish till dinner time ish. Um, what, what are you doing during those hours? Well, I think this is an important part to, to realize and to go into the details of because it's very applicable to the freelance, uh, not dilemma, the, the freelance situation. This is something that I've definitely had to learn or am learning how to manage. And I work, you know, 12 to five or 12 to six or whatever, but I've found that not all of those hours, and it fluctuates wildly, not all of those hours are billable hours. And if you're a freelancer already, you certainly know what I'm talking about, that so much of that time in there is looking for new clients or doing a sort of interview process or courting clients in one way or another or replying to things. A lot of stuff that just doesn't get billed for one reason or another. And so that's where I'm to the point where I feel like if I were working five to six hours and billing them all accordingly, I would be um, easily replacing my previous income, but I'm not billing five to six hours. I'm working five to six hours, but depending on the day, I'm billing one hour some days four, some days five, whatever. But a lot of times there's a lot of research done in between. And of course the, you know, admittedly all the things that distract me during the day and, and such. So that's what the day looks like. Five to six hours did not necessarily mean five to six build hours. Interesting. And so do you have plans moving forward? Like to, are, are you going to try to work the same hours, sort of this noon to six and, and make more of those hours billable? Or are you going to try to work more hours like, you know, nine to five and, and just, you know, be on, because of percentages, you're going to have more hours that are billable. Yeah. That, that's a, a great question. And it's going to be, a, or it, I'm working towards making that a combination of the two. Primarily one of the things that I've noticed that I need to work on for myself is spending less time on those non-billable things. So yeah, when I, when I try to find new clients, when I, respond to their requests and everything. I'm trying to be a lot quicker at that. So not as much time. I, it's easy for me to really get into it and write out these elaborate, um, proposals that I'm realizing are more than is necessary just to move it to the next step. So I need to, you know, take less time doing that to open up more time to work. And then after I've done that to a decent amount, then if I'm still not billing enough hours in a day, then I'll expand the, the total time I work. But it's this is one of the things I love about freelancing is the fact that I don't have to work nine to five every day or 
I guess that's hard to say at this point. Maybe I do have to work nine to five. But so as of yet, I've been able to work, like I said, 12 to five, 12 to six and still have it be, um, well, a work in progress, but in theory that should be sufficient. And so I, I would prefer to focus on getting rid of the extraneous items in there so that I can keep my work day short like that. Yeah. Yeah. Keep the lifestyle and schedule that, that you, I mean, that's a huge part of the reason that you even started doing this in the first yeah. place. If you wanted to work nine to five every day, you could have just stayed somewhere else and worked nine to five every day. But it, it's great to have the flexibility to, if you need to work longer one day, great. If you want to work shorter another day, great. I know I, I love going to like, like I'm going to a thing at my kid's school later today. And I like yeah. having the flexibility of coming home for lunch and you know watching a tv show with my daughter or, or whatever like it's it's nice to sort of have more flexibility um around your own schedule even even i mean we worked at a place that that offered a lot of flexibility yeah. around your schedule but but even the added there's just something different when you when you work for yourself i, I want to go back to something that you were talking about a little bit before which is um i, I think it can be easy as a freelancer to um maybe uh, not have, not, not control yourself to the point where you're, where you have a good, like work-life balance. You mentioned hobbies. We've mentioned you're married. There are obviously other needs that you have in your life besides just freelancing and, and bringing home money. Um, and, and I'm just curious, like how you've, how you feel like you've done so far balancing, you know, relationships and hobbies versus work. Yeah, I think that's I think that's something I've balanced or I've I've overbalanced on both sides at different times. So, uh during the times where after we first moved in and I was kind of taking my time to ramp things up to where where they needed to be, I felt like I was overprioritizing um uh, the the hobby aspect and the the excitement of a, of a new lifestyle and pushing it to the edge where I was doing way more fun things and hobbies and, and whatever else that I wasn't spending enough time working. But then there's also been times where I have had a project and either be, and it might be, you know, just my own fault that I didn't properly like manage the schedule leading up to it. But all of a sudden I realize like I have a project or, or a handful of them all coming down at once that need to be finished quickly. And so it's pushing me to work, um, late into the night or in fact, just the other day I spent all night, I was awake all night, literally working on this project to get it done by noon the next day. And so in that case, I've really, over overbalanced on I, is that even a word overbalanced I'm picturing in fact with my hands I'm doing like this scale here and like the one side is like <laughs> weighed really down anyway I I overbalanced onto that side and spent way more time than I would have liked to on that project but I also expected this coming into it and I knew and I think I even have said this to people when I was talking about it like it's okay for me that I might have to work a few hours on a on the weekend or have to work late at night because the exchange I get for that is the ability to take some time off in the middle of the day if I want yeah. or whatever. So it's, it's been back and forth and, but it was somewhat expected. So I think now I just want to try to get, make that more, more predictable, I guess. It's okay if I need to do that from time to time, but um, only do that if I really have to. And it's something I couldn't have like prevented beforehand. It's interesting how you mentioned like, 
sort of overbalancing or whatever whatever the real word is for that i i we went to a we went on a field trip with my daughter and her preschool and the whole morning till after lunchtime you know we had lunch and everything all together i spent the morning with the family and then i went i i tend to go to the library to sort of get out of the house and get some work done and i i went there to work for a little while and then um i had some issues that i was dealing with work related that couldn't be done at couldn't be done by five, right? So I went home for dinner. I usually go home for dinner around five. And after dinner and the kids were in bed, I had to work a little bit more and I felt kind of bad. And I, I was apologizing to my wife because I, I try to draw the line like, so there's family time and there's work time. And, um, and she was so understanding. I, I loved it because she said like, Hey, don't, you know, don't worry about it. Think about it. Like earlier you were with us for half the day. And so if you need to spend a couple hours now and finish up this thing, like, don't worry about it. And, and it sort of opened my eyes to this, what you're saying right now, Andy, which is like, because we are the owners of our own schedule now, 100%, sometimes it means that that schedule is crazy while we even, you know, even if we try to sort of time box it, which I try to do, and it sounds like you're working on doing as well. Um, it still offers this amazing flexibility where you can get work done when you need to get it done and you can get family time or, or friends or hobbies or whatever relationships, anything like that. You can get all that done when you need to get it done. And instead of living this life all centered around what you do from nine o'clock to five o'clock, you can build the life that you want in terms of schedule and activities. So I love that. Yeah, exactly. I think you hit the nail on the head there that it's, it's so nice to be able to take your schedule into your own your own hands and not be subject to you know the standard workday schedule yeah yeah well i think i think this has been a great conversation today i want to wrap things up really quickly i just wanted to come circle back to one last thing um we can offer some advice here at the end you mentioned um this issue of like not have not not doing enough billable work in the time that you're working there are lots of tools that we recommend at Milo that you can use, um, apps and software and different tools. We'll put them all in the show notes for this show. Um, you know, to name a few, I, I'm familiar with like Andco, for example, who you can hire. They, they'll be, they basically pair you with an app and a real life human being who like does your invoicing and some of your customer correspondence and that sort of thing. Or like FreshBooks, who does automatic invoice reminders so that you don't have to keep following up with clients if they don't pay their invoices or bonsai who does similar things where you can where you can um, send invoices automatically and they can pay right there online like there's all these tools that can sort of help you cut back on non-billable hours so that you don't have to expand your day and you can still work fewer hours in the day like Andy you're saying you want to but but you can turn more of those hours into billable hours so anyway we'll make a full list I don't know if you have any recommendations Andy of things that you've found so far that you want to add to the list yeah, I'll but add it's it's different than this, but it helps me in the same way um, is not so much in tools that will take some of the work away from me, but just making me aware of it. I've started or I've been using since the beginning um, toggle, which is just a time tracking and uh, yeah. not, uh -huh. not, I don't use that for um, time tracking for purposes of billing, but I track all my related freelancer time. So I, I categorize it whether I'm, out looking for new jobs, if I'm in an interview process, if I'm doing work after a contract that doesn't really go towards any pay, it's like um, small tweaks and things that I've, I'm giving them, all, all these sorts yeah, of yeah. things. So, And it sends me a report every week and I can look at it and see how many hours each week we're spending each category. And I can see, whoa, I spent a lot of time 
doing the interview process, I need to try to tone that back. But I've already, you know, seen some really cool insights through that. At the beginning, I was spending a ton of time out looking for new jobs. But after I got going because of recurring clients and because of people now coming to me, um, inviting me to interview for their jobs, the time spent looking for new jobs has dropped. It's almost non-existent, but the time now spent interviewing and replying to these things has gone up. And it, so it, for me, that's been really insightful to get a, get a look at where you're actually spending your time, but you have to be pretty dedicated at actually tracking it when you switch tasks. and everything. I love that. There's another tool called Chrometa. And it's actually a Chrome extension that does the same thing, but it it does its best. It's sort of artificial intelligence. It does its best at guessing what your task is so that you don't have to manually um, update what you're working on. And then it gives you, it does the same thing. It sort of gives you reports and helps you find places you can optimize your work and very cool. So there's lots and lots and lots of tools um, that you can use to, to sort of optimize the hours that you are working, make as many of them billable as possible and offload some of the the smaller or less significant things that that you do have to do as a freelancer or you have to hire someone to do as a freelancer, um, they do have to get done for sure, but there are more efficient ways to do them. We'll link up a bunch of tools in the show notes for this episode, and I think that wraps up today's conversation. Yeah, thank you. No, thank you, man. As a reminder to the listeners, we've got all the show notes for you, including all the resources that Andy and I just rattled off at freelancelifepodcast.com slash two. That's just the number two. And one last time, I'd like to thank this episode's sponsor, FreshBooks. Of all the tools we listed previously, over 97% of small business owners recommend FreshBooks. If you're ready to start spending more hours on billable work, work you can actually get paid for, instead of managing the admin side of your freelance business, then FreshBooks is for you. They recently overhauled their entire platform, and you've really got to check it out by visiting freshbooks.com Andy. There you can try it out for 30 days, completely free. Just be sure to type Andy when they ask how you heard about them. My Freelance Life is a production of Milo.co. You can learn more about us at M-I-L-L-O.co. The theme music for this show is a song by Joaquim Carud called Road Trip. And we will talk to you next time on episode three of My Freelance Life. See ya.